Okay, you guys, super serious question. Have you ever thought about ditching alcohol or even minimizing alcohol to see what life might feel like? I know that it's a really popular subject right now. A lot of people online are talking about sober lifestyle. A lot of people are embracing it and loving it and really seeing improvement in their mindset. Some of them are losing weight. Some of them feel happier and more confident without alcohol in their life. I truthfully have no strong stance on it. As I always share with you guys, I've definitely minimized my alcohol intake in a huge way from, let's say, 10 years ago. But I still do enjoy a glass of wine here and there. But I do find this alcohol-free lifestyle really, really intriguing. And that is why I decided to have Carolina on the show today. She is the author and founder of Euphoric AF. And it is really, really interesting listening to her, speaking with her. And I know for you guys, you are going to love hearing how just her deciding to become alcohol-free completely changed her life to a point that she is literally, in her words, living her dream life. She's now an entrepreneur. She's a coach to coaches. She helps women become alcohol-free. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this one, and I can't wait for your feedback. So, so, so good. Such a good conversation. And if you listen to the end, she gives the best tips on making mocktails. So it is worth the listen. Enjoy this one, guys. Welcome back to In Total Alignment with me, your host, Michelle File. Not too many years ago, I was far from feeling aligned in my life. I was stressed out, 80 pounds overweight, insecure, and happy, but really unhappy if that makes sense. Life was happening to me instead of me creating the life I desired. In one small twist of fate, almost eight years ago, after a 20-year career as a top 100 Aveda salon and spa owner, I completely changed the trajectory of my life. On my way to rising to the top of my network marketing company, I completely changed my mindset, spirituality, health, and finances. And this is where I get to share it all with you. I hope to bring you guests, experiences, insights, and conversations that will help you elevate your life too. Creating a holistic approach to success is my goal. Are you ready? Let's go. So welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. And I would just love for you to share how you got here. Oh my gosh, Michelle. Well, thank you so much for the warm welcome. I'm very excited to be here. And, you know, thank you also for your bravery to bring like a topic like alcohol onto the show, because it's for so long been such a taboo topic. Like we didn't talk about alcohol. And if we did talk about alcohol, it's like, oh, because somebody has a problem. Right. And I think that what we're doing is we're changing our ability to have conversations and reevaluate the role of something like alcohol in our, in our lives, but much earlier stages. It's just like, is this something that's helping me achieve my dreams? Is this something that's helping me live my life in alignment? Is this something that makes me feel happier and healthier? 
And it doesn't really matter how much you drink, you're allowed to answer those questions in the way that your intuition guides you and then take experiments to see what will best move you forward. And so that's kind of how I started is, you know, like most people, I started drinking in college. I definitely overdrank by then. Back then I was just like totally plugged in into such a party lifestyle and mindset. But as I got older, curiously enough, I started to settle down. I started, you know, built my career. I got married. I bought a house. And so drinking became something that was relegated to the weekend. Monday through Thursday, I lived quite a healthy lifestyle. I would go to yoga classes and meditate and drink green juices. But every single weekend, without fail, alcohol played a big role. And it was your normal stuff, right? Sushi night, uh, game night with your friends, brewery tasting, maybe some wine at home with Netflix. And yet every single Monday morning, I woke up feeling like a shell of myself. I woke up feeling so exhausted, groggy, but also ashamed and really low and feeling really down about myself. It's like I took five steps forward in my healthy lifestyle during the week and then seven steps backward every single weekend. And I essentially lived in this cycle for years, too many years to count. You know, there was so many clues that this, this wasn't serving me. And yet... I continued to do it over and over again because every time I wanted to take a break from alcohol, I would just look at my social calendar and I'd be like, oh, well, there's that wedding or there's that happy hour I'm supposed to go to. And it almost felt like I just wasn't allowed to, right? Mm -hmm. And finally, I hear a dry January back in 2017, 18, and I decided to do it in, in January of that year. And to me, that was like the excuse I needed. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm finally able to just take a break from alcohol. I don't have to explain it to anyone. I don't have to go ring everyone, tell them I have a problem. I'm doing dry January. And that opportunity was a time for me to really rediscover what I felt like without alcohol. And I fell in love with the process. My sleep improved by tenfold. I woke up feeling so proud of myself every single day. I abided by my intentions. I didn't lose trust in myself by drinking more than I wanted to or having rough sleep. I found myself so much more energetic throughout the day. I found myself happier and happier too. And my mood was getting elevated by just normal things that I was taking for granted before. I was I was delighting in just being in nature or playing with my niece or having belly laughs that I felt like I hadn't laughed so hard since I was in high school before alcohol kind of came on the scene. And then February comes around and I, I love how I feel, but I really don't think I'm allowed to continue. It's just like this code of conduct for all adults is that if you're a normal adult, you have to drink. And so I drink a few times that February and I hate it. Even just one or two drinks, the contrast is so huge. Like I have horrible sleep and I noticed so, but funnily, like my mood was so elevated in January and then just one or two drinks would actually cause me to get frustrated and cranky and even pick little fights with my husband, you know, especially after the 20 minute buzz would wear off like an hour later, I was much lower in my mood scale than I was before I had the drink. And so that's what really kind of shook the illusion of alcohol for me. I was like, wait a minute, why am I even drinking? I thought I was drinking to have fun or be happy or to relax. And yet it's not doing any of this stuff for me. And so that's when I decided to completely reevaluate the role of alcohol in my life. And I've been basically alcohol free ever since. And what ended up happening was that I recognized that, you know, for me, this weekend drinking thing was such a way to like fast forward through the parts of my life I didn't like, you know, it's like, Monday through Friday couldn't go fast enough. I couldn't wait for that weekend to come. And it's because ultimately I was bored and unfulfilled in my career. And so instead of just drinking over that every weekend, I made changes. I decided to ask myself, what do I really want? And I believe that the confidence and courage I got from like really not only going alcohol free, but kind of slaying my Achilles heel, like the devil that was on my shoulder for so long, 
it gave me the confidence to do things I never thought were possible. I launched a business that year. I launched my podcast that year. I wrote the first draft of my book that came out a few years later. And I just started becoming a person that I never imagined I could become. And ever since then, it's just been growing and growing and growing to the point where today, like you mentioned, I have a you know best-selling book. I help thousands of people around the world change their relationship with alcohol. I lead retreats for women. We have a certification program coming out. I mean, truly, as, as simple as it sounds, I'm living the life of my dreams. And it all started because of that reevaluation of alcohol. It's a pretty powerful story. It's really, really amazing. And there's so much to unpack for me. I have all these questions running around in my mind. So um, I can really relate. There was a period of time in my life when my dad was really, really sick, diagnosed with stage four cancer and red wine just became my crutch, right? So I can really resonate with that getting through mine was like Tuesday to Saturday at that time I was a salon owner get through Tuesday to Saturday get home at four o'clock on Saturday and then just like drink myself into oblivion which was you know the shield of not having to think about this really tragic thing happening in our family and you're right when I finally discovered that was not helping me (laughs) so got rid of the alcohol and I am not alcohol free but definitely when I compare what my life looked like 10-ish years ago, it, drastic, drastic, drastic change. But however, I still hear women, um, so the social, you, you, you touched on that. Like, how do they really push through that feeling like they have to? So they maybe have made the decision that they don't want to drink, that they, they really want to do this like dry January or dry April or whatever they're going to do. Um, but they, they, they come up against it's Easter and their families are drinkers or it's whatever. What are some tips that you actually give women to push past the fear of being different? Yeah, such a good question. And you know, what I love so much about reevaluating the role of alcohol in your life, and, and you really, it's not something you have to quit forever. It's it's an experiment. It's like, let me try this new way and see which one I like better. And a lot of people end up realizing they like this so much better that they either eliminate or really minimize how much alcohol really does play a role in their life. Um, and when it comes to that, you know, it's, I think this really big symbol in our lives, this process, it's, it means so much more than we think it means. Like, yes, we're talking about a beverage here. And, and, and again, Sometimes I like to say that, like we're talking about a beverage here, like it's kind of silly, in fact, right? Like we're, we're putting so much meaning onto this beverage. It, what if, what will my parents or family or friends think if I don't drink this beverage? I mean, would we ever think that about some food group? You know, like what they think if I don't have chicken, it's kind of ridiculous. But what I mean by a symbol is that like, there's so much personal development and personal growth that happens when you change your relationship with alcohol because you're symbolically moving through so much shifts of really prioritizing your needs and values above other people's, right? So it's like, if we've ever heard of people pleasing or having strong boundaries or doing something that's aligned with your soul, not versus what other people expect of you, this is the time to really kind of put those skills into motion. So I'll say two things usually happen when we come up with socializing. First of all, there's the expectation, right? And, you know, I personally am not like a prohibitionist. It's not like, oh, I can't wait for the day where alcohol is illegal and nobody drinks anymore. I can't wait for the day when it's no longer a social expectation or pressure that one must drink, right? That it's actually purely a choice and that everyone will have the autonomy to choose whichever way they want. 
It's not like that right now. It is literally an expectation. In fact, if you don't drink, you're going to get asked 21 questions. Are you pregnant? What happened? What's wrong? Right? Like that is wrong in our society. And so knowing that we have that expectation, I mean, obviously that kept me stuck for years drinking and thinking that if I didn't drink, that would then signify to everyone else that I had a massive problem. Mm -hmm. First of all, alcohol doesn't work that way, right? We had this very outdated idea that you're either a normal drinker or you're an alcoholic, you're either black or white. It's not like that. It's a huge spectrum. And in fact, when they do studies about how much people are really drinking, most people are in that messy gray area where we're definitely over drinking way beyond the health guidelines, but not enough to qualify necessarily for severe alcohol use disorder. So that being said, you know, like having that fear of, of, of having people think something is bad or wrong with you is, you know, honestly, you have to kind of start telling yourself, well, most people are over actually over drinking. And instead of actually feeling like the odd one out, what if I'm inspiring other people? Right. And I think that's what's so beautiful. There's also studies that show that upwards of 50 to 60% of people wish that they drank less or not at all. And so sometimes you have to just kind of like take a step back. And instead of saying like drinking in this moment is helping me fit in, there is a undercurrent of, of dissatisfaction with most people when they're drinking. And if you can be the one who shows up at a party and decides to stand up to it and has courage to order a mocktail, you have no idea who else you're going to inspire. You know, even if they don't say it in that moment, because if you took me back seven years ago at a party and you showed me someone who wasn't drinking and they were having a good time and laughing, my brain would have been like, wait, I don't compute. Like you're allowed to do that. Like I didn't have that permission. And so recognizing that most people aren't happy with their relationship with alcohol. Nobody, nobody at the party is going to wake up the next day feeling good. Even one drink will completely mess up the neurochemistry of our bodies and brains. Recognizing that like you are actually a leader, a role model. And, you know, there's this, this huge movement right now to go alcohol free. And I really see it as very similar to what happened to cigarettes in our society. And right now, the people who are deciding to reevaluate the role of alcohol in their lives, they're like the, the uh, forward thinking people of that bell curve, but the bell curve is going to hit the majority too. And so if you're one of the first people in your, in your friend group to go and do it, I mean, kudos to you, right? Trust me, people will look up to you and be inspired by you. So instead of feeling like the odd one out, sometimes you are the odd one out when you're a leader. And that's an okay feeling to have, you know, to know that you're actually guiding and role modeling. I mean, think about it. Everybody wants to be healthier, you know, and if you were the one who is working out more or eating better, like that's not something to feel like you're the odd one out about. That's something to be really proud of. And other people are going to be inspired about that. And then the second thing I want to mention about socializing is just the like nerve aspect, like just how much we use alcohol as a crutch to feel confident. And, you know, me as an introvert and someone who grew up very painfully shy, alcohol completely when I was at 17, 18, took up this like new magical elixir in my life that turned me into the extrovert I wanted to be. And it's, it's very common for a lot of people to use alcohol as some kind of crutch when they're socializing, whether it's to ease anxiety, social nerves, or just awkwardness, or just feel more confident or just butter up the conversation. And that's another really amazing personal development exercise is to recognize that confidence will never come outside of you. In fact, because I was using alcohol so often to fake that confidence, I never worked through some of the insecurities I had ever since I was an 18 year old, you know, I was always looking for a drink outside of me. And if I didn't have that drink in my hand, oh, I did not feel confident, right? It was almost as if I was telling my subconscious, hey, Carolina, nobody likes you. You're not interesting. Nobody really wants to talk to you. You have nothing good to say, but here, 
take this drink and you'll be better. Yeah. But over time, it really robbed my self-confidence. It made me lose self-trust in myself. I mean, not to mention the times I actually embarrassed myself or had wine stains on my teeth. I mean, right. And so when I went alcohol free, learning to become comfortable in my skin and confident while I was socializing was like a muscle I had to work out that I never worked out before. And it was such an amazing exercise to regain that skill and really learn how to be okay as myself without needing to have some kind of drug in my system to feel better. So I hope that answers your question because I love that, you know, it's, it's one of the top objections that we get, you know? Yeah, it's all... You know, you mentioned, uh, would we, would we ever feel embarrassed about eating chicken or not eating chicken? And I'm a nutritional therapist. So I work with women with food primarily and nutrition and their health. And that's actually a thing, right? We have this same conversation, um, especially when they've made the decision to work on their wellness. So they are going to go to the party and they're going to be the one to bring the veggie tray, or they're going to be the one to say no to grandma's pot pie because they, because it's, that's just the phase they're in of their healing. And this is a conversation we have, but I'm going to be the one that looks ridiculous, but everyone else is going to pressure me to have it. It's very, very similar. And it all comes down to that mindset and that personal development and me saying, well, what if, what if, yeah, they do make fun of you, but inside one person, maybe it's your seven-year-old niece who is sitting in the corner, but watching you make a different decision, watching you say, nope, I've decided to eat the veggies instead of the chips today because I, I need to get my health on track. So I think it, it's a conversation across the board with uh, alcohol, with just wellness in general. And I love how you have, that's how you're talking about this is an alcohol-free lifestyle, a new wellness plan, or I'm, I forget how I read it on one of your posts, but I loved that because it's true from a health perspective, from a nutritional perspective, alcohol is, t- is terrible for us. Like just an FYI for everyone, even though I still will have a glass of wine, like you're in there randomly it's still terrible. Like the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. Like there's nothing good about alcohol, what it does to our nervous system, what it's done to our, like just in every way, shape or form. So from a health perspective, it's terrible. But I think all the things that you brought up, what it's doing to you as a person, what it's masking, what you're hiding, what your, your true colors that you're not letting shine because you think you have to cover things up, which I used to do. I will still say, I think I'm a little bit more fun after a glass of wine. I'm just more fun. Well, no, I just need to be more confident in the person I am right now. And so my next question to you is, it's fine for us to tell people it's your mindset, it's personal development, but seven years ago or however many years ago it was for you when you started this, what were you grasping onto in those moments when you didn't have the drink to make you feel more confident? How were you building um, your personality and kind of digging into yourself and feeling more confident and learning to be more confident? That's such a great question. 
And, you know, when I first started it, I, I did dry January, I drank a little in February, and then I, I committed to another month off, right? So back then, it was such an experiment for me. It was like, okay, I'm going to try this. This isn't a life sentence. I'm not like yeah. having to renounce alcohol for the rest of my life or anything like that. And I think that was such a helpful stance to have because instead of feeling so deprived or, oh, I can't drink or anything like that, I saw it as such a temporary experience. And I was like, well, like, why not lean into it? Why not like really take this up, you know, for what it is. And because you mentioned, you know, alcohol has such adverse health effects on us. Some of those are, some of those can be very reversed very quickly. So when you remove alcohol, you're experiencing like the other extreme of the bound, right? So for example, alcohol really affects our neurochemistry. It will lower our ability to feel dopamine. It lowers our GABA. It lowers our serotonin. I mean, these are the very neurotransmitters that actually make us feel happy. In addition to that, it heightens our expression of cortisol, dynorphin, and adrenaline in our bodies. So someone who's drinking has a higher level of stress in their body, much lower receptivity to the happiness neurotransmitters. And I felt that, you know, when I was a drinker, like I felt so apathetic. I was so bored, so listless, so restless, so just like, eh, unless I was drinking, yeah. right? And I'm sorry, but that's not the way the world was meant to be experienced. You know, I don't think anyone, even whether you're drinking or not, would uh, would say that we need some kind of a drug to experience the beauty and the majesty and the grandeur of this world, right? There was something just off with my neurochemistry back then. And when I took that break from alcohol, it takes a few weeks to rebalance and it's very, you know, dependent on your unique situation. But that was one of the first benefits I, I recognized in addition to the better sleep was like, I'm feeling happier. I'm feeling so much better. My mood, like I was happy almost for no, no reason. It was like the littlest things, the clouds, the trees, like just really enjoying myself. And, you know, every day I didn't drink during that break, it just added to my pride and my self-esteem. You know, alcohol for me, especially, you know, as you, as you know, from food, every time I let myself down with it, it was like, oh, I can't trust myself. Yeah. You know, every rule I broke and because I tried to moderate for so long, I had all the rules, all of the rules, right? You know, no drinking this days, no drinks after this time, no IPAs, no, you know, whatever. And anytime I broke a rule, I just felt so ashamed of myself, even if I didn't actually embarrass myself or anything like that. And so, you know, not in addition to this positive surge of feelings, but also the sense of self-love I was feeling every day. It's like the past version of me was actually looking out for me so that the future version of me would wake up feeling well. And before all I experienced was that past version of me not caring and being like, oh, whatever, she'll deal with that hangover tomorrow, you know? And so I think that's what those first few days, I mean, maybe not the first week, but, you know, a few weeks into it, I started really recognizing not only that positive surge of feelings, but also that real heightened sense of self-love, self-pride, and self-trust. And so that really made it such a more exciting experience. I think when you kind of, when you take a break and you look out for, okay, what am I going to gain? What am I going to be grateful for every day? And even if we're not realizing it, it's such a nuanced difference, like ask yourself, like what, what is, how is this experience a little different? Sometimes I would even, I call it picture the alternative where I would take a scenario that I would have drinking at. And kind of just done the timeline of what that would have felt like versus the timeline I was get to, getting to experience alcohol-free. And I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to get, go through that. <laughs> you know, I felt so lucky almost to not be able to drink. And so these are some of the mindset shifts that I was able to bake in really early on to my experience, which is why I, I decided to become a coach because I really wanted to teach these to other people. And then I'll say this too. 
do not deprive yourself, you know? So alcohol can meet so many different needs and they can be very, very deep, but at the almost like most superficial level, we're just looking for a treat. We want something special. We did hard days, you know, we want something to signify that and you don't want to take that away, you know? So I think that mocktails or any other alcohol-free beverages are perfect stand-in for that. You don't even have to change the habit, you know? In some way, the ritual can be actually very beautiful. Like we work so hard, we're so on, on, on all day. And then you come home at 6 p.m. and you pour yourself a glass of something and you actually allow yourself to relax. And so many people think it's the ethanol that's relaxing them. It's not. These studies prove that. It's your brain signaling that it's okay now to not answer the emails, to not do this, to just sit there. And I think that ritual is amazing, right? You could do it with a mocktail. You could do it with a nice, you know, health elixir. You could do it with a nice tea. Like that in itself can, can feel really good. And in as you start learning and growing about yourself, there's so many other rituals that you can start incorporating in order to treat yourself or to relax or to bring more adventure into your life, what have you. So not being deprived, I think is also was really important for me. So I started just trying new drinks. I started trying new activities. Um, and so I really didn't feel like, it almost felt like I could have the cake and eat it too, instead of there not being any cake, right? Like yeah. It was like, I get to have the pleasure, have the fun, have the treat. And the next day I wake up feeling amazing and self-love. So there's just a few tips that like uh, I, I kind of stumbled upon as I was going through my journey is really focus on the positive. Don't deprive yourself, include a lot of different treats and alcohol-free beverages. Um, and just really look out for, you know, what you can be grateful for. Okay, if you guys are looking for increased energy for your workouts or even just your work day, Energize does not disappoint. Clients have said, this is the best tasting pre-workout around. It's replaced my morning coffee because my half and half habit was getting out of control. No jitters with this pre or nasty side effects. It's clean energy derived from a small amount of green tea, beets, quercetin, and stevia extract. At only 15 calories a scoop, it's not only safe, but it tastes so delicious. There's four different flavors to choose from. Now my favorites are a lemon and strawberry lemonade. If you are looking for a little bit more pep in your step or your workout, head to michellefile.com forward slash faves. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-P-F-I-L-E.com forward slash F-A-V-S. So you can grab some today. I love the don't deprive yourself. So I got on a big kick over Christmas that I was buying all these non-alcoholic wines and just having fun with it. And I think it actually does really open up a whole, you know, there would have been a time in my life that I wouldn't have allowed myself to have like sugary, fancy drinks on a holiday because I would have been thinking about like the calories and stuff like that. But now when I go into things like I don't don't need the alcohol. Like I don't want the alcohol, but I should try one of these fancy, like it is actually more fun. There's a, there's a lot of things. And to your point, we think that the glass of wine on a Thursday night after a hard day and the kids finally in bed and you can sit on the couch with this, you think it's the glass of wine that's relaxing you. It is not because I can tell you with the experiments I do with this non-alcoholic wine, I still feel the same when I allow myself to just go downstairs and have the ritual of, because I enjoy that ritual of just like 
deep breaths, fire on, especially when it's cold here and it's a warm glass of red wine or whatever. It, it's not the alcohol. It's what I make of the experience. Um, and you can still feel all of that. And I love what you say, because this is what I run into, not only from a food perspective, but also from some of my clients who are wanting to go alcohol-free because it is out there. People are talking about it and women especially are really thinking about it, but they put these demands on themselves, just like with food. Like you have to be perfect. And, you know, I had one woman feeling just so defeated that she went to a party and had a little glass of red wine and she felt like she completely failed. And I'm like, instead of going at it from a all or nothing perspective, what about just minimizing? So what about just celebrating that you haven't had any, like your goal was not to have any, and you haven't had any for the last 13 days. And you just had a little glass of wine with your friends at a party. And then you went on to water. Like, I actually think that's pretty good. You know, when, when it's not a problem, like you're not stepping away from alcohol because it's a real issue. You're stepping away because you want to. I think that that's okay. Absolutely. And I think obviously we've, we've taken a lot of the ideology of like AA and like, you know, how to address alcoholism and bake that in into like really the sense of failure and words like relapse that like really make no sense. I mean, the idea that someone would be perfect from their first day trying for the rest of their life is almost ridiculous. You know what I mean? And, and that's why I also love the idea of goals is because like, when you just say, you know, you're alcohol free forever, you're never going to drink again. When do you ever get to celebrate the fact that you did that the day you die? You know what I mean? Um, and so first of all, like just in that example, like, how incredible is that woman's progress? You know, like how much better is that compared to the person who's not even trying? How much better is that compared to her past habits where maybe she was drinking every other day or something like that? Like that's like a 95% improvement rate, you know? And so I really do think that, you know, especially if, if your goal is to be completely alcohol-free, which is a fine goal, the first year of achieving that goal is going to come with its like lumps and humps, you know what I mean? And just to understand that it's actually, you're rewiring your brain, you're rewiring your habits, you're rewiring how you take care of your emotional needs. You're standing up to society. You know what I mean? There's so much going on. It's okay to recognize yeah. that it's going to have like, like be a little bit of a silly journey, you know? And, you know, for anyone who's just trying to get healthier and happier and something like that, like to see progress in a percentage wise versus like this black and white thinking. And oftentimes what happens, you know, I work with clients like this all the time. The one time that they do drink, it actually helps solidify for them why they don't want to drink. They're like, the, the, it's like the, the romanticism popped, you know, it's like, I thought this would be so good. And actually I just felt crappy afterwards. Like they really get to see alcohol clear and clear for what it is. And it helps really solidify their goals. And, you know, that's why when I was, when I drink again in February, after my break, I needed that. Like I needed to experience that to really shift my mindset and be like, Oh, I don't want this at all. You know what I mean? And really mystify it for myself. So yes, having grace and compassion is so important. And you know, those th sayings, like it takes 21 days to change a habit or 90 days. The most like compelling science is actually showing us that there's not a day mark. It's how much positive emotion you're expressing over the change. So if you're approaching anything with this, like, oh, I have to mentality or this is hard and this sucks, 
that habit is going to take a long time to change. But if you're coming at it with like, oh my God, I'm so proud of myself. I went 13 out of 14 days without drinking. Like I got to try this new alcohol-free beverage. Like you're just really celebrating it all. Like that's where the synapses are changed in the brain and you're able to really maintain that habit. So compassion and having grace for yourself is so important. And every single thing is just a learning opportunity, you know, to dive deeper into yourself. Yeah. I think it's being strong enough to to not listen to sort of this perfection marketing that's out there. And it's, it's this relation between alcohol free and how I deal with my clients. It's exactly the same. We're having this conversation today at the time of taping this, we've just come off of Easter weekend. It's Easter Monday. And so of course everyone was at family occasions and they ate the pie or the chocolate eggs. And I have had so many messages this morning from women feeling like they failed no, like part of living is joy and enjoying yourself and doing what feels right in that moment. And if you went into the situation and you, you made a conscious decision, then that's totally fine. Like we just get back on the train today. Like what is the big deal? Um, but I understand that mindset. It took me years to plow through that mindset that you don't have to be perfect to get to your goal. You're going to have highs and lows. You have to give yourself grace. That's it's called life. Like it's actually called life. It's going to happen that way in all different scenarios. And, and as I can see, you know, when someone decides to choose alcohol-free lifestyle, it's, it's, it's the exact same way. So giving yourself compassion is so extremely important. Now you've written a book that is like, incredible. So tell us about your book, how it started, where, what it's all about. I know it's not just about alcohol free. It's about really how that journey helped you create the life of your dreams. So how did that all go down? Oh, thank you so much for asking. So yes, the book's called Euphoric, Ditch Alcohol, Gain a Happier, More Confident You. And, you know, it really started as a draft as I was going through my own journey and just so excited about all the benefits. It's a love song to being alcohol-free, why it's so incredible. And it's divided into a few different sections going over the body, the mind, and the soul. And so that will talk about all the incredible benefits of going alcohol-free, how it's going to change your physical body, heal things that you didn't even think alcohol had anything had to do with. For example, my cholesterol dropped 50 points when I ditched alcohol. And there are studies that prove that most participants' cholesterol will go down from a break. You know, so, so many incredible things happening in the body, the mind, redeveloping positive beliefs about yourself, redeveloping self-love and self-trust. And then the soul, things like your connection with the spiritual, your connection with other people, you know, your presence, you you know, you're just really recognizing what you want out of life too. And then I introduced an eight-week guide for someone to follow if they want to take an eight-week break from alcohol and to help them really change their subconscious programming for alcohol but then also really discover what they want most. And, and I hope that you could hear from my story about, you know, I was using alcohol as a way to kind of numb the week and I couldn't wait to, to get to the weekend. And so as I went alcohol free, I, I really asked myself, well, Carolina, what do you want most? And, and I think I knew that before. I think I knew I wanted a different life, but I didn't even with the smallest hint of a degree believe it was possible for me. So this time around asking myself what I really wanted, I had the courage to articulate it. And I had the courage to say, let's go for it. You know, I knew I wanted to have my own business. I knew I wanted to write books. I knew I wanted to have a career autonomy, travel, you know, have abundance and not be kind of locked into the way I was. And so taking a break from alcohol helped me just determine what I want. 
helped me like really kind of explore new passions. I mean, all the time you get all the like, what do you do on a Friday night? Well, you, you get to rediscover what's actually fun for you. You get to explore fun in a different way. You get to try things you haven't tried since you were a kid. And so that whole process is something I walk through someone in the eight week guide to just really discover what they really want out of life and then give them that kind of that kick to go after it, that courage and confidence they need to go after it. Um, and I'll just tell you, you know, obviously my life did a whole 180, but like most of my clients have the same exact story. I had a client, for example, she was working this corporate job, very high stress. And she decided when she kicked alcohol to the curb, like, I want to live in France. I want to have this like incredible, pleasurable experience with my family. I want my child to learn French. I just want to travel. And she decided to quit her job and move her family to France. And it wasn't until she let go of alcohol that she like not only saw that dream for what it was, but also like, okay, this is what you do. This is step one. This is step two, you know? And then she wrote a memoir about the experience. It's so incredible how that happened. I've had other clients launch their businesses, become coaches, you know, uh, launch nonprofits they've always had dear to their hearts. It just gives you so much agency and so much more clarity and inspiration to follow your dreams. I really do believe that ditching alcohol is one of the fastest ways to achieve your dreams. I know it's not the only way. There's a lot of ways to do it, but just the gifts that you get from going alcohol free, the energy, the clarity, the the conversations with your intuition. I mean, it's your intuition in the first place, I think, guiding you to try a break from alcohol. And then it's like, oh, we're friends now. Like, we're going to talk to each other. Like, you're listening to me now, right? And she keeps giving you more and more messages about how to go forward. So yeah, I, I think the book is a great way to get really excited about what going alcohol-free will give you and then a really good roadmap to follow it. And, you know, changing your subconscious desires for alcohol is such a fascinating process because we believe things about alcohol that actually just aren't true. And we take alcohol to mean things and to stand in as a huge symbol for things in our lives. So when you can like change all of that in the brain, you, you'll you find it's not a matter of I can't drink. It's like, I don't really want to drink. You know what I mean? It doesn't really do the things that you thought it did for you anymore. And I think that's a really beautiful process too. Whether you decide to, you know, go alcohol free completely or just completely minimize it. I mean, we shouldn't be controlled by a beverage or a $253 billion marketing, you know, arm industry of the alcohol industry. Like we should be able to make our own choices around alcohol when it comes down to it. Yeah. I love that. I, I feel the same way about ultra processed foods. <laughs> okay. Everything that you're saying, I could put like, okay, I could write this book, but just do UP on the end. Ultra processed. Because <laughs> it's the same exact, like there's chemicals in that stuff that are doing stuff to your brain. Like it's just all the same. It's a whole different podcast, but I like resonate so much with everything you're saying. And I think when you do this type of thing, all of us. So when you get rid of any habit or pattern that you've gotten into, that is actually really altering things inside, all of a sudden you, your inner wisdom is what I call it. You call it intuition that comes out like that inner voice. You are finally not so cloudy that you can hear. And for some people that might mean a lot of healing that needs to be done. You know, a lot of times I'm assuming with alcohol, just like I see with food and junk food and binging, it's trying to mask some stuff that needs to really be cleared up inside. And once you get through that, once you can really push through all of that, you know, the real you is going to emerge and the real uh, desires that you have for your life, you finally allow yourself to do it. So your book sounds absolutely fantastic. Now, 
a couple funny questions. Tell me about your husband. Is he alcohol free? Good question. And this is a great one because a lot of women get hung up on this point. Like, well, I want to do this. Let me and my husband drink together. What am I supposed to do with that? Um, And, you know, I'll say with my journey, I had to just go first. I had to just like really look at what I wanted to do and not ask for anyone else's opinion or permission about it. And I kind of started feeding him breadcrumbs too about being alcohol free. Like I was like, oh, I feel so much better. I'm so much happier that by the time that it was kind of a thing for me, you know, he kind of got it. He understood. And I'll say it definitely changed our relationship. We started spending time in a totally different way together. We started training for a half marathon, for example, for a Friday night date night. Like we would go run together instead of go, you know, drink together. It's so cool. Uh, And so it's definitely really changed our relationship to the point where now he rarely drinks, you know, like it's just completely changed. And, and I think a lot of women are kind of in that shoe in my shoes, but um, at the very start of it, and you have no idea how it's going to affect your partner. And sometimes our words aren't really the best, but our actions are, we, we inspire people so much more than we can believe. And and we really can move them towards uh, healthier, happier lifestyles. But I think we have to go first with our actions. So that's kind of what happened to us. And uh, it's really great. He works in my business now. He loves it. He's such a fan. And if he does drink occasionally, he's like, Ugh, I don't feel great. After that. That's like, like yeah. my, I know. That's, that's like my husband. He's not a big drinker. And then <laughs> every once in a while he will. And he's like, that was the, why did I even bother? Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you do get to a point. Um, I can say that for myself. Like, I'll be like, okay, have a glass of wine tonight. And then I'm like, I don't even know why I did that. That was worthless. <laughs> um, okay. So one more question. Tell us your favorite mocktail recipe. Mm, okay. Well, <laughs> so one of my favorites, and I include a lot of recipes in my book, but um, when you're, when you're making a drink and especially the way alcohol is made to use drink, it has like a lot of different properties that make it either, you know, more tannic or all these things. So uh, you want to make a mocktail complex. Like, you know, one wants to be drinking like their kid's apple juice, you know what I mean? And so I love tea as a stand-in. Tea has really great tannins. It's really good for you. Obviously, you know, you can use like a, a green tea mixed with a uh, mango mixed with a little bit of ginger beer can be a really good combination, you know? So I think just get inventive, have a lot of fun. I think tea is a really great healthy stand-in that you could still like make the same similar drinks, but just use tea in a, a, instead mm-hmm. of and you'll have a lot of fun with that and there's so much available out there too you know there's so many other things to play with but yeah I'm thinking for me like a green tea a little mango a little ginger beer would be really a little jalapeno maybe with that (laughs) I like it I know I was at Christmas time I was completely obsessed with these alcohol-free stores online I I was just blown away like everything (laughs) I mean honestly it was like the first time I'd ever even looked at any of them and I could not believe it like all of the stuff is there and FYI you can have I was just on a holiday and I would typically most days have alcohol-free drinks like mojitos or whatever the heck they were bringing to the pool and then the odd time they would bring me one with alcohol which whatever totally fine they don't taste like they honestly this one does not taste better it actually tastes worse (laughs) it's stronger and more potent and this tastes just as good so playing around with different mocktails I think is really fun and I love that idea about the tea I, I didn't realize that that's really really interesting that's a really good point to kind of 
have a drink have some depth I'm assuming like yes, it has exactly to it. like a spiced chai tea you yeah. can make that like rum would have gone into that it's really good too yeah it's oh, so interesting I love that and if you think about it too like the alcohol is where a lot of the calories come from I mean alcohol is basically fermented sugar so let's just get that straight right yeah. <laughs> um, so like I mean it depends on where you're going with mocktails some obviously do have added sugar and such but uh, there's a lot that don't. There's alcohol-free beers out there that can almost be under 10 calories because when you mix out that alcohol, there's like, that's what, you know, that's the the heavy hitter there. So, um, you know, if anyone has an eye on sugar or just trying to have a low calorie drink, there's a lot of options too. Yeah, there really is. I, this weekend, actually, I had some alcohol-free white wine from Christmas still in the fridge. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to open this up. And I was looking at the calorie count. It was like, 20 calories for this glass where if it would have been a glass of wine, I would have been into the like 90, 150 calories. And it friggin' tasted exactly the same. Like it honestly was, it was delicious and great. And this is all I needed. That's for sure. Anyways, this has been so good. Where can my listeners find you? Because your social media, what we didn't touch on is just all the empowering shares you have on your social media, not about alcohol free. Like I know that's the the bottom of your story, but this business that you've created and just everything that you've done since then is really inspiring. And I know that my audience will really love that. So how can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Tell us all the places. Absolutely. Well, yes, I'm obsessed with not only helping people ditch alcohol, but then to discover their deeper purpose and to become coaches or entrepreneurs themselves and live a life of freedom and autonomy and abundance. So you can check out a lot of my fun reels of me traveling and sharing that kind of lifestyle at euphoric.af on Instagram. And then check out my website, euphoricaf.com. And you can check out the book. You can see what programs that might help you ditch alcohol, take a break yourself. I have a certification program coming out that will help certify new coaches and also retreats I host for women. So lots of fun stuff going on. Um, And then one more little, little thing. I remember boredom was something I was really afraid of, you know, when ditching alcohol, like what am I actually going to do? So I put together a really cool guide called 50 things to do instead of drinking. And you can find that at the very top of my website, euphoricaf.com just for your listeners. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I guess a lot of people, I would never worry about being bored, but that's an entrepreneur. We are never bored. There is always stuff to do, but I bet that is a real concern for people for sure is what am I going to do instead when I don't have that kind of uh, activity to, to do? Interesting. Well, thank you. This has been really, really, really good. I was really excited to talk to you and you did not disappoint. You have so many great little tips. Now, one last question that I ask all my guests if you, beside your own book, what's been your favorite read that has really elevated your life? Mm, there's so many, um, but there's one book I think that just puts a lot of the different things I'm super passionate about into one. And it's called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Good choice. That was my first personal <laughs> development book. It is such oh, a good book. Yes. <laughs> this is going to tell you how old I am. I had it on CDs. yeah I I am very old um but I have the book the cds whatever no such a good such a good choice I love that one thank you so much this has been really great and I know it's really really going to resonate on so many levels with my listeners so we appreciate you well thank you for bringing me on (laughs) all right I know you guys loved that one 
powerful. I hope you took away some really valuable inspiration and some things that you can actually start implementing into your own life. As always, I appreciate you guys so much. I would love if you would subscribe to this show and also leave a review. Five star would be awesome. No, honestly, I just appreciate hearing what you take away from this show and how it's helping you. I just, I just really love hearing from you guys. Make sure you're following me at Michelle File on Instagram and Michelle Moore File on Facebook. I love when you guys send me messages. I love when you tag me in your stories. It's just so fun to see that some of you are really getting some really great information from these shows and these incredible guests that I'm having on. I hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you next Wednesday.